And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Pat had a tremendous game. Uh, what was he? Thirty for thirty-nine. Um, you know, that's a, that's an incredible night. Which means that the offensive and defensive line, you know, the lines on both sides also played well. So normally, when when, when the skill guys play well, those guys play well. So I'll make sure I compliment them. Um, Kels again had the eight catches. Uh, for 121 yards, but uh, listen, I mean, there's so many, there's so many different things that uh, you can mention. We were two for, uh, two for ten on, on the defensive side for them being able to convert uh, third down. So that's a pretty good, pretty good night there when the other team shooting 20 percent. Right. So, anyways, with that time. I spent I spent yesterday on a cloud. I was floating. Just just the first half of the the, the noon games. A little uh-huh. red zone back in my life. Uh-huh. They, we had a we had a dirty tie. We had a blocked extra point to force overtime. And five turnovers from Joe Burrow. We had some I, doinks. Some doinks. We had some doinks and some upsets and some monsoons and some great games and some terrible games, but they were all great because they were football. Chiefs went out, did Kansas City Chiefs things. We will spend the vast majority of this edition of Times Ours talking about, yes, the Kansas City Chiefs and their drubbing of the Arizona Cardinals. That's uh, <laughs> 44 to 21. Uh, that's using the, uh, the 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 American systems of measurement. I don't know what happens if you convert it to metric, uh, but it was still a metric blowout by the end regardless. And really kind of the whole way through. We'll talk about that from every angle we can think of. Over the next hour or so here on Time Czars on The Athletic. I'm Joshua Briscoe. I'm the loud one. Nate Taylor, he's the well-informed, entertaining one. Seth Kaiser, he's the educational, entertaining one. I just made myself loud, my friends. Oh, I'm so glad to be talking to you after a real football game. Okay. I, I really thought about this, fellas, before we get to, like, the big picture and some of the, the, the smaller details of, of yesterday's game. I've, I've been covering this team a while. I understand that, like, you may look at the opener in 2013 when Andy Reid, you know, his first game as Chiefs coach and obviously Alex Smith. And, you know, they went down to Jacksonville and like, hey, one team was a actual NFL team and one team was just on the field. (laughs) Excluding that. That's the most thorough ass whooping they have (laughs) ever put on display to open a season. Um they smoked them, boys. And I know the Cardinals didn't have everybody, okay? No J.J. Watt, no DeAndre Hopkins, Ronald Moore, or excuse me, Rondale Moore, um, no Justin Pugh. Like, I get it. But they put them boys in a smoker and just continuously cooked them <laughs> 
for four hours. Yeah, it was. I mean, they they were tender when it was over, and that's. <laughs> I've been waiting all day to say that in, in a microphone. <laughs> I mean, they smoked them. And I just don't mean one individual because that's mostly what I wrote about <laughs> in the athletic was like, hey, you know, we're going to get to Patrick Mahomes, y'all. But they, all of them, all of them in uniform, all of them in a coach hat, smoked them boys. And that's, I mean, my goodness. So with that said, yeah, it's the most thorough, like, beat down. I, I think I wrote spanking. And it felt like an appropriate word as I wrote it down. I was like, they are spanking them right now, um, which I did not see coming. I, I know the Cardinals are not the NFL's – they're not what the NFL has to offer. It's not the best, but it's it's of quality. It, it's something. Like, they made the playoffs. They have a good quarterback. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. I, and I'm out. <laughs> the running back looked. The running back looked like he could play. I mean, he, 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 he made some stuff out happen when he got hit near the backfield or in the backfield. He shrugged off some tackles, showed some speed. Um, can I just like ask a question? Sure. What do you think the defensive coaches' meeting looked like mm. when they were pitching the idea to blitz Patrick Mahomes? Mm on more than half the snaps. Like, what do you think that looked like? Like, I just keep picturing that arrested development scene where it's like, ah, oh, no, it never Beard's does. Made the same reference, Seth. It never does. People delude themselves into thinking it might work, but it it never does. Can but I, it can... might work for us. I <laughs> no, mean, just, no. come on, why would you do that? Um, I, I, I do want to give a couple quick shout-outs because people in real time were... were, were were tweeting at me, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I also wanted to to shout out uh Blake Musina. Uh I hope I'm getting that right. But but Blake, I mean, now I'm I'm going from West Coast time back to Central time to, you know, uh figure out how to how to get home. So I'm waking up basically <laughs> at like 4 a.m. kids uh on West on yeah, West Coast time. <laughs> and I think Blake messaged me at like i don't know 7 a.m probably central time but he but he just he just he just wanted to pass along the next gen stats that are in the story that set this referencing on 54 percent of this man's dropbacks they blitzed yeah. um he 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 burned them for four touchdowns guys four uh and look it's the most touchdowns or it's tied for the most touchdowns against the blitz in any single game since next gen era began uh in 2016 and and all blake messaged me was when they gonna learn? When they gonna learn, dog? <laughs> when are they gonna learn? Um. So, can I offer you, Josh, a a plausible reasoning as best my brain can come up with as to why Vince Joseph didn't want to like didn't want to bring himself to Jesus like Wink Martindale did last year? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Here is my theory, and I don't know if this probably isn't transferable to the Chargers, which we're gonna you know get to towards the end here. But Seth, if I go to you on game day and I say, look, Vance, look, if Josh is Van Joseph and I say, look, um, Seth, you know, you, you're our defensive analyst. You know, obviously we've had weeks upon months to look at the film 
to understand that um, there was a simple strategy that most teams did last year to at least, you know, make things difficult. Um, but Seth, we don't, you know, Byron Murphy's got an illness. <laughs> and Trayvon Mullen, you know, the dude we traded for, yeah, he ain't going to play because he, he got a toe. He got a toe issue. Um, We may not have another good cornerback on, on the field. Look, all, I know what you're. Got, I know all, what you're about to ask. All me. I'm saying, all I'm saying, and Seth, the answer all is I'm never. Seth, <laughs> <laughs> Seth, all we got is Buda Baker, man. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. And let me just ask you: Can they at least hit their spots in cover two over and over and over again? <laughs> because that is a better game plan. And blitzing the bejesus out of Patrick Mahomes. Look, 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 look. look. I, have you ever heard of Marco Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jalen Thompson's a he, he a real dude. Jalen Thompson's mm-hmm. a real dude. We're not asking him to to you know, Coach. I'm just saying, if you want a zero blitz, <laughs> just understand that this is why we're zero blitzing. Yes, and that would be my moment to say. If you do that, I'm going to relieve you of your duties at halftime. <laughs> because there's, I mean, here's the, the thing. They actually got home on a couple of blitzes. Right, that, they that, did, that, yeah. That should have been a pick to, to Noah Gray in the in the red zone. That that brought his day down to average because, you know, he didn't bounce it out. You know what? That's not fair. I'm not going to do that this whole time. I'm not going to do it. I apologize. No, but you, but you are going to do it at least once. You I am going to do it at least once, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's fun. It's fun. Little little fun you know, fun talk. Anyway, I mean, this they got him there. They got him a couple other times. The problem is, like, you're not going to get Patrick Mahomes with blitzes the vast majority of the game, like, ever. It just hasn't happened. There's one game against Atlanta when Bob Sutton, of all people, <laughs> like, got him with, a, with, like, more than half the blitzes he sent. Other than that, like, it's not 2018 anymore. I don't know what they were thinking. Seth, Wink stopped we, blitzing him last year. All That's like we Spags have, not blitzing. All we have is Buddha Baker, and he can't cover <laughs> all of them. Oh, no. We've got Simmons. He was built to be the Travis Kelsey stopper. Now, <laughs> I mean, he stopped covering Travis Kelsey. Is that he what did. you mean? That poor guy. You know, he was brought in with such high expectations. Like, oh, he's this incredible athlete. And it was like, yes. However... Does that mean that he should be asked to cover Travis Kelsey in space? That's like people are like, you know, I think it's Derwin James being big and athletic is why he can cover Kelsey. It's like, no, it's because he's that big and he moves like a quarter. Yeah, he's like, fluid. He's, no he's, so, one, he's so much more fluid than everybody else. Yeah, like no one else can do this. There is no Kelsey stopper. And they left that man on an island like... I mean, he got mossed on the first drive, and that didn't clue them in. Like, you know, I don't think this is going to end well. <laughs> hey, hey, son, I mean, hey, oh. hey, hey, son, let me teach you about leverage. That was Travis Kelsey yeah. yesterday. He got mossed and riced in the same game. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that before. But I, I just, I don't know what the Cardinals were thinking. And that is one thing that people need to understand. The offense looked tremendous. I don't think the Chargers are going to do that. Like, I mean, I they hope didn't. not. Like, but but here's the other thing. It's not like, because they actually, one thing they tried to do to their credit on a, a lot of their blitzes, not all of them, but a lot of them, they were still only sending four guys. They were trying to mix up where, 
So is that technically a blitz? Sort of. It's a zone blitz. Right. Right? Because you're not technically sending an extra guy, so it gets a little goofy. But it's a way to try to confuse the coverage and and send pressure from places Mahomes isn't expecting it. And they had some good results there. Orlando Brown had a rough day. Part of that was he didn't always know who he was blocking. And when you're not super quick laterally, that can be problematic. That's something they should maybe pay attention to. Apparently, he might have a, a leg injury too, like a, where his knee is kind of bugging him. So maybe that affected him too. But I just don't, it's not like that's all they did. It's not like they were never running any two high shells. And Mahomes, the minute they switched to a two high shell, Mahomes like, oh, look, Juju Smith-Schuster for nine yards. Travis Kelsey for 10 yards. Oh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire just ran for 10 yards. Yeah, we can do this all day. Like, might as well be bored for a little bit. Because if you go through and you just chart it snap by snap, you get like 20 plays in a row where Mahomes doesn't do anything special but doesn't make a single mistake. And that is not a way to win football games either. So I don't know. I mean, what are you supposed to do, right? It's like, I don't know. Just uh, just send everyone, see what happens. Hey, they uh, scored a touchdown. Dang it! You know, just what are you going to do? Well, so here's here's my defense of if my, if my client refuses to plead insanity, uh, my client being Vance Joseph, I guess. All we I, have is Buddha Baker. <laughs> so with that in mind, here, one thing I saw in a couple places today were, were mentioning me. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. But was that actually like Patrick Mahomes's? Uh, I think it was uh, yards per completion or something. Were actually much lower when he was being blitzed. The thing is, like you said, it never got him. They never got to them. It, it never. It never slowed anything down. It, it. It. It made zero impact positively, even whenever you were seeing some aggregate stats of like, well, you know, actually here and here. Some of those completions were short because they were red zone. <laughs> they were red zone passes that turned immediately into touchdowns, I imagine. Uh, and, and beyond that, like, uh, here's here's my new big brain theory. It doesn't matter how you play Patrick Mahomes defensively if you don't have a couple of dudes in your secondary and a, a, a three or four man pass rush who can make something happen on their own. It doesn't matter. You you could you could play your your deep safeties. You could you can bring all the pressure you want. It it doesn't matter matter because if there is any time or any numbers advantage Patrick Mahomes is gonna find it and it's gonna be too late which is why the Chargers I think are so interesting because you can at least look ahead to to Pat to uh, to Travis Kelsey versus Derwin James maybe maybe Derwin James can win a couple reps there or the edge rushers might actually be able to get home without extra help but you just you can't make any mistakes and you can't be anything less than like absolutely impeccable defensively. Otherwise, you could be good for a while and, and Mahomes is still going to pick you apart. It, it's, it has to be a horrible thing to be an NFL defensive coordinator. So, yeah, we have Buda Baker. Nothing's working. Uh, F it. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. now, the issue there is, you know, and again, this is, this is uh, somewhat hypothetical, but also in hindsight, too. Once the team gets into the red zone, you don't want to make the superstar quarterback have an easy job just finding one-on-one matchups because mm-hmm. you're blitzing in a condensed space. Actually, you know, there's a team called the Bengals who were like, what if we just drop nine people back into coverage in a condensed <laughs> space? Yeah. And that actually, you know, at least made the quarterback second guess think a little bit, you know, have to be a bit more precise with the decision-making and the mechanics of throwing the football. Um, 
And it also allowed him not to be able to, you know, escape the pocket left or right. Um, if you're going to blitz because Buda Baker is like the only plus defender you have in the secondary, fine. Once they get into the red zone, um, don't make it easier. Because <laughs> they went six for six. Uh, uh, you're not going to beat anybody doing that. <laughs> Actually, all you're doing is 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 becoming some burnt ends. That's that's what you guys are doing. You're, you're choosing to be burnt ends. Not ribs. Burnt ends when you give up six for six. You've made a decision. The Chiefs' success rate offensively in this game with the was first team was, was seven of eight, realistically, right? Right. Like if you if you kept because the, the field goal was was right up against the the end of the half, and Harrison Butker was, you know, out there with a with a uh, air cast on one ankle and a sledgehammer for the other leg. And, and like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it mattered, man. I don't I don't know. I I, I don't I don't know what you do. Unless you just have a couple of alien pass rushers. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, one thing that I think is always worth noting with this conversation, like when we talk about the Chiefs Bengals and what transpired that game, Mahomes was shredding the same looks in the first true. half. Very true. And so some of that, even with a good defense, and the Bengals have a good defense, they did everything they could to and Joe Burrow on a really inexplicable day for him. Um, a, a, a W, they, they did what they could. They, they have a good defense, good personnel. Um, they're deep. They, but even then, it just it only works if Mahomes has an off day. And honestly, unless you have great personnel and can get pressure consistently with four, which we've talked about this before. It's the same thing to beat any quarterback. You know, if you can get a ton of pressure with four guys and you've got great coverage on the back end, that's really that quarterback's <laughs> weakness. It's like, um, yes. yes congratulations. Have, <laughs> yes, you've done it. All we need is like, you know, to be the 2019 49ers and that'll work for most of the game. Yeah, yeah and, for a good long while. And then yeah. what happens? Well, you'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and then you have to hope that he doesn't just do some alien stuff. It's And so, really, you can hope to catch him on an off day. He had a few more of those last year. And last year, I have a running theory on this. In 2018, um, the Ravens especially, but it started with uh, Bill Belichick, really. They ran a ton of cover zero stuff at Mahomes. And not just cover zero stuff, but also they would load the line of scrimmage with seven or eight guys blitz some you know just you know know, his own blitz stuff sometimes they would sit in the house sometimes not and Mahomes struggled with it like that first Ravens game he created some miracles and they won the game and everyone remembers that one of my takeaways from that game was you know they they got him a bunch of times sounds like sounds like Carlos Alcaraz against I don't know the world (laughs) this weekend (laughs) just playing the world and so he he got got by Belichick doing it but here's the thing once Belichick got him with it multiple times, it stopped working. And that's why you see in 2019, Belichick shifted up how he was doing things. And then you saw other teams start to imitate that more and more last year. And teams got better at it because more teams are doing it now. Because everyone's like, wow, Vic Fangio has had great defenses for 20 years. Maybe we should start imitating what he's doing. I don't know. And you're seeing more and more of those shells. Here's the thing, though. That stopped working down the stretch last year. It worked against the Titans. It worked against the Giants. And he just had bad games. You could tell for the first time in his career, it seemed like things, since 2018 at least, it seemed like things got to him mentally a little bit. 
Like, it just messed with him. He got frustrated. He got bored. And then whatever happened in the second half of the Cincy game, whatever it was, right? Whether it really was, you know, that that play before the end of the first half really jacked with him a bit and he was pressing the rest of the day. I have no idea. Maybe one day when he retires, there's going to be a 30 for 30 on that game because I don't know what happened. But teams can't count on that. So like even this game plan of, well, if you do everything right, he still might just absolutely slaughter it. And so what can you do other than just do the thing that has had the most success and hope that he gets bored and is having an off day and isn't throwing darts over the top of three guys to Travis Kelsey down the field. Like, I mean, that game, that game really, honestly, when you watched how Mahomes played that the very first drive, it was like, man, barring Kyler Murray dropping 40 or Mahomes having a complete meltdown, this game's over. And there's just not a lot you can do about it. So we're here. Let's let's go ahead and stick with Mahomes because Seth, as we record this right now, you have have finished uh, charting his snaps, but the story's not up yet in the Chief of the North newsletter. We'll be there very soon. Might be there by the time people are hearing this. I don't know. Uh, depends on when you're listening, I suppose. Uh, MNChiefsFan.substack.com. And then Nate, um, I believe you have uh, been paying attention in the number 15 that wears red uh, for the better part of your last, uh, I don't know, last couple of days at least. So if there's anything that you'd like to add, you know, I'd, I'd I'd be interested in in hearing that. But Seth, I, I want to give you I want to give you the steering wheel here where you can you can include as much or have as little of today's narrative as you would like, because I, I I've kind of I think I might have opted out of this one successfully. And <laughs> uh, and you you opted in successfully. And, and I'll, I'll let you handle that. So there was a lot of conversation about Patrick Mahomes getting a, a low-ish grade from pro football focus. It was like a 71 or something like that. Uh, something like and, eighth among quarterbacks in week one, I think. Eighth, eighth among quarterbacks, and then like kind of like it's like starter-level play, barely. You know, like an okay starter day, kind of maybe low end of it. And a lot of people freaked out, and I contributed to it by quote-tweeting it. I just I think I just put, well. and. Yeah. And then um, Sam Munson with PFF, who I have a lot of respect for, he and I had a long exchange um, both on Twitter and in our DMs talking about the nuances of quarterback play and and me stupidly offering to redo my work again and chart every Mahomes snap, you know, looking at positive plays, negative plays, kind of similar to the PFF method, which for what it's worth, yes, chart every play, figure out how often good plays happen, how often bad plays happen figure out how good those plays were and how bad those plays were. All of this makes sense. Um, At the same time, I would say as someone who has now charted every snap of that game twice and done it utilizing my normal methodology, which, you know, charts a bunch of stuff that doesn't show up on this box score. If you're listening to this by now, you know what it is, so I'm not going to screw it. Um, And then with also with the methodology of looking at, you know, negative plays versus positive plays. And as I lean over here, to grab my notes, you're, as I look here, so I circled the plays with a positive, and then the plays with a zero were just left, whatever, you know, like a handoff or just a quick out route that was an easy throw, you know, something like that. And as I'm comparing positive to negative plays, I have, they probably, it's probably at least a five to one ratio, mm. at, at least. And then you've got a bunch of decent plays where, you know, you just kind of did what you were supposed to do. And then a few really negative plays. Like the only the only two plays that I've got as genuinely really bad plays um, 
He had a potential interception that was by far his worst play of the game. Shout out the to Noah, Noah Gray. Gray. Shout out to Noah Gray DB. Yeah, shout out to Noah Gray. Noah Gray DB. Yeah. And then a couple of inaccurate throws. Um, he did drop a, a, a bad snap. But he then he picked it up again and handed it to the running back. So, Which, you know, by the way, that play was between two of the best plays of the day. That was that was Kelsey yes. Baum, that play, and then the Sky Moore play. Um, I might have gotten the order mix up. I can't remember. But imagine if that ball just gets scooped. That yeah. that would have changed. That would have changed some things. Absolutely. Which is, why, which is why Patrick Mahomes has a seven out of 100 in my personal record book. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that's and that's where it just becomes one of those things where now that I've looked at it, I just don't understand. And, and to be fair, I haven't done this for every quarterback this week, but I can tell you that it's hard to have that many positive plays and not just positive plays, but like high level positive plays. Like let's take, like take a look at the Sky Moore play, which by the way, shout out to Sky Moore. We'll talk about doing the most with your mm-hmm. one target. It's like, I'm bringing that in. And boy, guys, I am not going down. I am. I'm getting another 10 yards here. So shout out to you, Sky Moore. Um, but that that play right there. Or the touchdown to, to Fortson. What is the number of quarterbacks? Because you have to, you eventually have to account for this. What is the number of quarterbacks who can make that play to the point to where they even attempt it? Because that matters. Um, he, he threw a short completion to MVS with a defender wrapped around him. How many quarterbacks even try it? Maybe five. And that matters because then you're not just grading the fact that he did it and did it successfully, which is amazing. But you have to take into account when trying to figure out, well, on a scale of, you know, you know, one to 10, how impressive is this play? The fact that what would happen to a normal quarterback would be something significantly worse than even attempting the play should matter. And that's where Mahomes is a goofy player to analyze because he does things other guys won't attempt. The flip side of that, and Chiefs fans, before you think this is my my big, it's going to be my Mia Culpa dunking all over PFF, I think we're going to disagree, but that's okay. Everyone disagrees on things. One, another thing about Mahomes that can occasionally make him hard to analyze is sometimes he does, he takes a long road to a short route. He might, um, like one example would be he he had a, uh, he had a, a nice gain to Kelsey early on, um, but... He had, he had bailed, and he made this incredible sidearm throw moving the opposite direction, but he bailed out on the pocket when he didn't really need to. It was actually, just for what it's worth, that's the only play of the game I charted him as having a happy feet snap. And that's why you blend both things, right? What happened on this play and then what happened the whole game. He didn't have to bail on that pocket. So yes, he made an incredible throw, but he also could have just stepped up and delivered, which by the way, he did like on like a dozen other plays. So... I, I, I'm trying to be a, a an apologist for the idea of seeing things differently with Mahomes and saying, well, a normal quarterback could have made that play simpler. I would argue that that's not true very often when he does utilize, especially now. I think it was more true in 2018. I think it's becoming less and less true every week. And he he was... He did not have very many negative plays and he had many positive plays. So I, I guess no matter what methodology I use my own or someone else's that I do think is a good methodology. Um, I, I came away with Mahomes playing a, a, a really, 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 really great game. Near, near even flawless. by his standards. Near flawless. Near flawless. Now, was it as flawless as like the Bills playoff game? No. No. Was it? God, no. It was, <laughs> it was, no. It was probably like, I would say with my charting, just kind of roughly thinking about some of the games I've tried, it's probably like a top eight Mahomes game, maybe top 10, which says something. By the are, way. You, are you, are you going to say his name, Josh? 
Well, I don't even know whose name. I, I had a name that I was going to mention, but it's only sort of tangential. So I, I got to know what name I got to say. Look, 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 let's just let's just put it out there because now we got we truly oh, no. we truly oh, have, no. <laughs> look, we oh, have no. I know which name I'm supposed to say. Look, we have oh, six. No. We have 16 games left. Theoretically, hopefully. Look, look, this is like look. kids. There was a time um, in the early 1980s where magic johnson would do something look in the box score of a of a newspaper again pre-internet and he would say well larry bird dropped 12 assists last night and then he would he would just go ahead and be like okay let me let me let me sprinkle 15 in let me get the fast break going tonight and then larry bird would wake up i don't know in detroit Try to <laughs> try to find the box score of what Magic did in I don't know Phoenix, and would say, "Oh, okay, well, they're on a seven game winning streak." Hmm. Let's uh, boys, we're not losing tonight, and we're not losing in Milwaukee, and we're not losing in Chicago. Just you thought you were taking the night off tomorrow. You're not. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey uh, look, I love you, but you, you. You're gonna have to step up today, okay? Um, Kevin McHale, you I mean get her phone number and call her after the game, okay? Um just say his name, Josh. You know, just people if you don't think these gentlemen are aware of one another, then you're foolish. <laughs> so just go ahead, just go ahead and tell. Josh, go ahead and tell who PFF's darling is so far in week one. Oh no! Oh no! This okay? No, I you have to do it because now I've been lost. I've I have I have really I really have avoided some of this hashtag discourse. Uh, so <laughs> I I have I have other names that I want to make sure I mention today that might deserve a similar uh, uh, ramp up, but that's not it for me. So you you got to tell me. Hey, quick side note: a, a lovely golf clap for 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 Kirk Cousins, um, but. <laughs> But yes, you know, even though he, in the box score, threw 10 interceptions, one of them, not his fault, which Clarice Collinsworth was very clear to tell the entire world. Yes. Look, PFF just thinks Josh Allen's a better player right now, man. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) It is what What it is. is. It's what it is. What is it, Dan? (laughs) It's just what it is. And yeah, and that's Mahomes and Allen. Look, they're they both played really awesome games. Um, maybe at a certain point it'll be like picking your favorite flavor of ice cream to pick which one of them played a better game, although Mahomes played a better game this week, but that's okay. Um <laughs> I I had I've had people tell me that Allen outplayed Mahomes in the in the divisional round last year. And I think it just comes down to what you value in quarterback play and mm-hmm. how much how you quantify those things. Hey, and, it, it just it's okay. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are in the same conference. <laughs> Which is fun to watch at least, week in and week out. And yeah. then of course, and then you you got this young guy who's popping up in the same division as one of them. And so it makes me uncomfortable, honestly. <laughs> the, the problem is it's always going to surround like um and Josh was talking about this who may or may not still be with us. I'm I'm not even I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Me or the person you're about to reference? You, Josh. You're <laughs> <I'm> here. <laughs> but I'm doing some math. 
But Josh was talking about this before we started recording, that the problem is like now the discourse has kind of stopped being about Mahomes and in some yeah. ways stopped being about Allen or Herbert or Burrow. Well, not so much Burrow this week. You'll you'll be back in the conversation next week, buddy. Um Maybe don't turn maybe. the ball over yeah, five times. Yeah. That was that was rough. I have a, I have a Joe Burrow take, but out of respect for the fact that winners get the spoils, they beat the Chiefs. I'm gonna hold off on that till at least midseason. No, that's gonna, that's that's just that's that's just. Don't you guys, don't y'all ever question Mike Tomlin? Okay, and he got Brian <laughs> Flores, and he got T.J. Watt, and he yeah. got Mika Fitzpatrick. These dudes. Said hell no. <laughs> like, <laughs> they said nope. Like, and by the way, solely could have been like, still could have been beaten. Like, I think again, is it okay if I say Chase Chase is better than Burrow? Is that okay? Can I say that out loud? You can absolutely. Is that publicly? Will I publicly be be ridiculed? <laughs> yes, because I think. Mr. Chase is an alien and Joe Burrow is very, very good. And those two human beings are on different planets in the football universe. Yeah, this is the right take, I think, but we're all gonna get we're we're, we're all gonna have a bad time because we said it, but I, I mean you're right. So you know we have we have each other. We do have each other. And this I do I do think ooh, think sorry about that. This <laughs> show continues to be kind of flimmy. Sorry, I just, her, just went through three right in front of y'all. Um I, I just think, you know what? No, I don't want to take up the... T- well, no, I will. Joe Burrow is a good football player who has played with a really good defense and is surrounded by... Because Joe Mixon can really play, too. Um, Best Joe on the team. And that's... <laughs> you know, you can't help yourself, can you? I just ask yourself what Burrow would look like. And, and people have been asking this about Patrick Mahomes for years with Tyreek Hill, right? What would Patrick Mahomes look like if you took away all of Tyreek Hill's alien plays? Okay. Now, maybe it's ask yourself, what would Patrick Mahomes look like if you took away Travis Kelsey's incredible plays? That's fair, right? I think we have an answer for that. And the answer is way better than Joe Burrow would look if you took away all of Jamar Chase's alien plays. Yeah, I here's here's let me let me try to pull Dang, all this I'm together. I'm falling into the very trap that I was that I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. it's sort of it's sort of the trap that I that I just kind of keep looking. I, I, there's a big pit and there's just like one palm fern on top of it, and I'm like, well, I can see there's a pit under. Like, I'm not gonna go walk into that. Like, you guys can all go walk into that if you want. And lots of people have been walking into that pit. I I don't want to talk about Patrick Mahomes in the context of another player ever again. I would like to stop, except for one. There is one exception that I will make momentarily. I'm going to make one exception. But I don't want to compare Patrick Mahomes, especially to these other young active guys, because, like, I, I I love watching Justin Herbert and Josh Allen play football. I, I'm I'm excited to see what Russell Wilson looks like tonight, honestly. Yeah. Because either way, honestly, it's a win-win. I mean, that, it would all be fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but he showed up looking like the Riddler going to prom. It was a whole deal. <laughs> uh, but All like, business. I I don't want to do uh, Josh Allen isn't as good as Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert isn't as good as Patrick Mahomes because now your analysis of Patrick Mahomes is based on the most negative thing you can say about somebody else. Right. Where watching Patrick Mahomes yesterday when the only other quarterback on the field was Kyler Murray, who I actually like, I kind of like in general, and he was in a tough spot yesterday for all the reasons, you know, pass catchers being out and all that stuff. 
But but it was not about, oh, Patrick Mahomes versus another quarterback. It was Patrick Mahomes versus a defense that could not stop him. And that for me is why this is is why this is fun. And, I, and you you guys know I love a good narrative conversation. I, I love the big picture stuff. But if if you and this might not be either of you guys, and it might not be the person listening right now, but there are people this is true for. If if you can't enjoy Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, not because they're rivals of the Chiefs, right? That's a whole other ball of wax. You say they're in the AFC, I don't want them to win. I hear you. I get it. That's you're being a fan. That's cool. But if you can't enjoy the other great quarterbacks in this league because you're afraid of them being compared to Patrick Mahomes and that's spawning a whole absolutely brainless conversation about how Patrick Mahomes isn't going to make the playoffs this year or how he's going to fall apart without Tyreek Hill. All you can do is turn that stuff off. Like I, you, you can't shout it down loudly enough for anybody to get more quiet because that is the sports take industrial complex. Like that is what it is. Like Bart Scott's going to be on TV for a decade because he says the most outlandish thing possible. And everyone says, hey, do you see this dumb thing that Bart Scott said? And they'll go, no, let me go watch what Bart Scott said. And now all of a sudden you've said the name Bart Scott 15 times. And for <laughs> once, it's not him talking about uh, Josh Allen needing to take Viagra. Like there's actually some truly bad analysis that you can couple with it. And it, it just... It, it makes the entire process about about killing the negative and never about celebrating the incredible. And I, I feel like once we've gotten to that point, we've we've lost the plot, and it genuinely makes me sad. I think you're, that's really well said. I, I have yeah, nothing to add to that. You're, that's really well said, and I agree. You are wonderful in in summation. When I turned that into my ringtone from both of you guys, that's the nicest you two have ever been to me in within a 10-second span. That was incredible. <laughs> well, let's well, face it. The only, the, show. the only no, reason good, that's actually. true. The only reason that's true is because I was actually nice for a second. Like <laughs> Nate's true. been nicer to you than that hundreds of times. <laughs> that is so true. It's like being, well, I, I can't believe that uh, Travis Kelsey and Joshua Briscoe caught touchdowns in the same NFL game for the first time. What a great <laughs> performance by both of them. What a shocker. Uh, so anyway, um, that's my uh, that's my gripe on on griping. I'm griping about griping now. I'm Andy Rooney. Thanks for being here, everybody. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, can I, can we talk about the, uh, don't fall out of your chairs. Cause I almost, I caught myself before I finished the sentence. Can we talk about the running game real quick? Yeah. Um, you get, uh, speaking of the, you know, counting stats versus the actual performance. I will, I will say this, uh, Patrick Mahomes' two touchdown passes to Clyde Edwards, Lair were almost literally a handoff and then something even easier than a handoff <laughs> because the if you haven't looked at that play again recently dear listener um go just watch what happens to the uh the defender who's trying to uh, to stick to Clyde Edwards Elaire as he ends up going between the guard and tackle um he is decleated by his own teammate and Clyde literally has 20 feet of space in every direction. It's incredible. Shout, shout um, out to Marquez Valdez Scantling, who has definitely run pick plays before. Sure <laughs> has. Is, is like, oh, my guy's got uh, leverage behind me. What if I just shift my weight to the, oh no, you ran into your demon. <laughs> Are you okay? Like, it was so funny. He did like a little shuffle as he approached him. It was the funniest thing. He, I was just like, hey, you know what? Uh, the, shout out to him and Juju. Juju had a rough game with ball security but we'll get past that veterans that was a veteran route by mvs shout out to him and really all the running backs who were active ronald jones is one of the healthy scratches not surprising um but but all three of the uh the active backs had good moments pacheco got a lot of work in in garbage time essentially which makes sense for a seventh round rookie and he looked good to me uh mm-hmm. in real time mckinnon and clyde both seemed to live in space yeah uh, i was i was thrilled to see the, the, the quality of touches they were getting I, you can partially, I'm sure, credit some of that to the O-line, some of that to the scheme. And none of that is a takeaway. From, uh, this is not me getting here and saying Clyde had two touchdowns that I could have scored with. I am not. That is not what I'm doing uh, because he was in space frequently and did great things with the ball in his hands in space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also great after the game. He had my favorite quote of the night um, to your questions, Nate. I'll let you sort through that if you'd like. Um, but I thought I thought everybody involved in the running game felt like a execution and a schematic like masterclass. I, I had very few notes watching it in real time. I don't know if either of you guys uh, would want to want to expound in either direction there, but it, it looked good to me. Yeah. And I think the reason why you could take even more, um, you can hold it even more for the future is this, this was all occurring without Blake Bell, you know, yes. who was arguably and, and, and probably is, you know, even at his, the older stage in his career, you know, probably the best, pure blocking tight end on the team. Now, Noah Gray has progressed 
a ton in this department. But, you know, they used, you know, three tight ends, two tight ends often in the game, especially early to sort of get the sort of, you know, personnel looks they wanted to help, you know, sort of bounce Clyde with the offensive line. Um, Kelsey, I thought, had a really nice block on the edge um, in the first drive to get Clyde going. Um, But what this shows, fellas, and I have a stat here that I'm going to read here in a minute um, because this is going to be my next article. But what it shows is that the Chiefs are having a more conventional way to get to balance, right? Or to the the actual threat of balance. I don't even want to say balance. Like, like actually, just the actual threat of honoring they actually could run the ball for five to six yards if we don't, if we're not on our, you know, on our top game from the defensive side, from the defensive side of the football. Um, All three running backs performed well. All three running backs can catch the football. Um, All three running backs you would think would get better throughout the course of the season in terms of pass protection, picking up blitzes, understanding, you know, uh, where Mahomes is as to wherever the additional sort of guy coming, you know, through the line is. Um, But between, you know, Clyde Rosalaire, Isaiah Pacheco, and Jerick McKinnon, fellas, they, they combined for 126 rushing yards. You want to count how many times they did that last year among running backs last season? <laughs> Ever? I would say probably zero. Maybe I'll once. say one. I'll say one and go for prices right where we're all. Sorry, I hit the uh, the uh, mute button on my microphone. It's my first time doing a podcast. <laughs> they did it twice last year where they got I win. at least 126 rushing yards right. solely from the running back position. Now, last year, they had to be really creative, whether it was, hey, let's put Travis Kelsey in the backfield. Hey, um, McCall, Harbin, easy. we need these jet sweeps. <laughs> like, we just, we have to have them. Um, you know, some of those even count for, you know, passing yards based on where he's obviously getting the football uh, from the quarterback. But, hey, you know, because Blake Bell is not available, you didn't see Blake Bell, you know, drive his body into, you know, a pile of other human beings for two yards. <laughs> um, you know, they didn't give the ball to Mike Burton, even though we all know those plays exist and he's capable. But the idea that they have a legitimate appearance of being able to run the football, as I said, you know, a few episodes ago, gets you back into like that 2018 range where it doesn't really matter who it is, but as long as you can get, into that 100, 120 range, you know, just from the running backs. And there were so many games last year, and I looked back at this earlier, where Mahomes was the leading rusher for most of the game or all of the game. And it's like, yeah, you're doing a lot to the quarterback when he has to throw the ball and carry you um, from a rushing standpoint on offense. Shout out to you, Lamar Jackson. Um, But all this is to say that Isaiah Pacheco looks real. Like, yeah. they knew you were running it, you was going to run it, and you still ran it. Um, he gets his first scoring touchdown. You know, the way both Clyde and Jerick McKinnon were excited for him, I thought was very telling. Because I think all three of them understand now, we can help each other maintain some durability and consistency throughout the course of the year, if they use us all in this rotation, which I would not see them changing otherwise. And... Because this offensive line is in year two, I now expect this. I now anticipate them being able to run the football 
with some level of consistency that we have not seen really since Kareem Hunt was on the team. There's really no excuses now. And I know the defenses will get better, but again, okay, Vince Joseph, you want to blitz, you want to play cover one, you want to sprinkle some things, fine. If the Chargers want to do, you know, shell coverage, cover two, quarters, whatever, like that, that eighth defender is not going to be in the box. So they should be producing these numbers based on the amount of attempts they get. And if you have a lead, which the Chiefs had throughout the entire game, then you have to make the defense pay by running the football. And that was something Eric Bieniemy mentioned today, and they actually executed it in a way that was was surprising based on what we had seen in the preseason. But because of all the components now, and because we see what Pacheco is capable of, I think I think it's fair for Chiefs fans to say these running backs should produce 100 to 120 yards every game if the offense is flowing the way it should. Um, if you want to add anything to that, Seth, we can, but I have looked at the clock and realized that we are deep into the uh, into the podcast at this point, and I need to mention uh, one name, and then I need you to talk about the defense for us. So, Sounds good. Um, the let's, only th- let's do that. Go ahead. The only thing I'll add is just keep watching for more traditional play-action looks because it was a mm-hmm. way they were buying Mahomes' time and opening up some lanes down the field, and it worked very well. As opposed to running RPOs in, in that spot? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Him lining up under center and then running an actual traditional play action where he either sets up in the pocket or boots. Um, it's it, it worked well and it also allows the offensive line to to um, how, how would I say this? It's like varying one of your pitches. Mm-hmm. You you are going to a different spot and attacking a different rusher than they thought. And so the rushers can no longer count on trying to attack the exact same spot as Mahomes drops back from from shotgun. 45, 50 times a game. Now they actually might have to, they might have to vary their rush lane and they might get hit from a place they're not expecting. Huge, huge deal that they did as much of it as they did because on film that really messes with what you're doing as a pass rusher. This is why, this is why Tom Brady is incredible at football. Um, okay, here's here's my last thing to mention on the offensive side. I just want to say to all of the uh, listeners of Times Ours who uh, did the thing that I also did and enjoyed the first week of the NFL season where Kansas had uh, legal sports gambling <laughs> and went and found that Jody Fortson anytime touchdown scorer plus 800. Oh! Uh, there, there are a good number of people who have shown up in my mentions to celebrate along with my ticket as I was screaming before. As he lined up on that play, I was screaming. Beards is the only one who can validate me on this, but he has vouched on, on multiple shows now that I was just screaming, Fortson, this is a Fortson. This is the Fortson play. Fortson. And as the I just got louder yelling his name as the play went on, and he just I just was watching nothing but 88. Uh, that was a real joy. Uh, and so congratulations to everyone who... Uh, who who knew that fourth season also not not only do the leaves fall but the money falls from the sky apparently um, now also don't uh, I don't know that you want to do that every week but it felt like a, <laughs> it felt like a good week one bet I was hey I was pleased with that if they keep if they keep giving it till you keep taking it I mean, I mean plus eight hundred was crazy that was it was just it was just good odds uh, so uh, with that being said on the offensive side of the ball Seth you actually started on the uh, Chief of the North newsletter on the defensive side. And look, we we talked a ton about all the rookies. Um, Nate, you were you said being out there in Glendale that Leo Chanel was out there in the uh, in the base package in warmups, and then they just didn't play very much base. I mean, there were there were not three linebackers on the field very much at all uh, from the the snap counts I was going back through after the fact. Um, so, what did you see, Seth? And and really, maybe even more importantly, why did you go? You know what? I'm starting with the defense. 
Um, part of it was because I knew that I was going to be writing about Mahomes when I did the uh, the All-22 review. And an All-22 film isn't available on NFL Plus um, until the following day. And so I didn't want to cover Mahomes in a less encapsulating way. Than, and so I, I wanted to do that right. And you can cover certain things, right? Offensive line play, specific plays, like if a receiver breaks out, you usually have enough close-ups on them that you can do it but for a full-fledged quarterback review I knew I was going to be doing that um you know probably tonight as we record Monday night and probably publishing Tuesday morning um so I wanted I I so that kind of ruled that out for me but also something that I noticed a couple times during the game is I had a couple moments where I thought man here we go again and instead what we got was a a stop by the defense and I thought that felt different and so I, I went, I wanted to write about that, like kind of situationally, just how, how many times the defense did come through. Um, now, when your offense scores 44 points, how many times do you have to come through? <laughs> but part of the reason, you know, that, that they came through is because they kept getting the ball back. And that's part of it. Complimentary football is a real thing. Defense matters in that you can get your offense, the ball back faster and without them scoring. So suddenly you can, you know, you know, the Chiefs score seven, you know, what's better than, you know, letting them do a long drive and then kick a field goal, getting the ball back on a three and out and going up 14, nothing and changing the entire complexion of the game and what coaches are willing to call and all that. And so that's what I wanted to write about because they succeeded a couple different times uh, late in the first half when the Chiefs were up 20 to seven and there was a chance for the Cardinals to double up, you know, score and get the ball back. But instead, the defense held strong twice after a punt and then after a really tough fumble by Smith-Schuster. Yeah. And and instead of them trying to score and get it within a single score and then getting the ball back instead, the Chiefs went up 23-7 and, you know, and went into the half like that. And that was a lot on the defense. And so that was they, – they, they succeeded in situations that they failed last year and in ways that they failed last year. And I would just say it's on the Chief of North newsletter – sideline to sideline defense and and some of the things that they were able to cut down in terms of quick tackling and swarming you could see a much faster more physical defense and then i'm just going to say nick bolton and go read the article man he's man, so good man, football, man. guys man sorry no no it's 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 great and it, it it gets me to this larger point josh um which is look the quarterback is um, the most talented player at his position in the league. Like, that's just the facts. Um, but so much about what Brett Veach and Andy Reid decided to do in trading um, Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins this past offseason was to build a better team around Patrick Mahomes, to start that process sooner rather than later. Um, we've mentioned it a number of times. Obviously, they had to revamp the skill position uh at the receiver you know depth chart they had to get younger and more athletic on defense um for cap purposes you know they were only going to give Tyreek Hill so much and as it's been reported and written Tyreek Hill you know uh understandably wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver in his career or you know for the season and that that occurred i think what is lost from a big picture because you can be so wrapped up in the five touchdowns and the dominating performances uh, from the offense is that everyone supported the quarterback yesterday. Literally 
everyone. The rookies didn't stink. Mm. The rookies didn't look like rookies. And it's unfortunate that the turf at State Farm Stadium was um, not suitable for what is to be the first true game of the season. Um, The rare real grass indoor situation, by the way. I took a tour of that stadium when I was like 12 or 13. I have a significant number of memories of all of that. I took a picture in Matt Leinert's locker. Kurt Warner's is off to the side. Mm. At that point, it was the Matt Leinert era. I can pinpoint when this was based on that. Mm. But I remember learning about like how the field rolls in and stuff. And uh, hey, guys, maybe just put on some turf. You're in Arizona. Growing grass is really hard. People there have rocks in their lawn. Mm. This is true. Um, But Trick McDuffie was excellent when I saw him, when I sort of I when I sort of watched him outside of whatever was going on in the framework of the after show play. And then obviously your your eyes are going to lead you toward the ball. Um, Brian Cook made some really nice stops just in the open field. Like, hey, can you just make an open field tackle? Um, Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed didn't really give up the big play. Uh, they, you know, re- reshuffled some things on the defensive line. Defensive line did an amazing job of, like, not making things easy for Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and getting more consistent pressure than they would have a year ago when they played someone very similar in Lamar Jackson. Um, the offensive line was obviously in top form for most of the game. All the receivers were, like, just pinpoint in performing to say we too are capable just like the quarterback is and them knowing the equation of hey everybody's gonna look at us and wonder what the offense is without Tyreek we are a huge part of that hey let's go out there and show them that like you know we can run some routes on these boys and catch the football and get some additional yards and make it such a variety of offense that like it is just it's awe striking in some senses because guys some teams don't play like this in week one. I know because I watched all of them yesterday. The amount of formations, substitutions, personnel decisions from the coaching staff, I thought was pretty impressive. So for all the magnificent things Mahomes did in trying to prove to himself and to the rest of the league, hey, we are still an offensive juggernaut. The entire team supported him, including Harrison Bucker with one leg kicking a 54 yard field goal that I thought was truly like the 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 absolute end of the game. We we didn't we, we don't have to play a second half, fellas. The Chiefs gifted y'all a field goal at least when Juju Smith Schuster fumbled the football. You made a decision to go for it on fourth down. Chiefs defense said, Let me stop you right here. Even though you're on the plus side of the field, and even though your kicker is fully healthy, I assume, which means he should probably be able to make a 50-yard field goal so that you guys could at least build some momentum because you get the ball to start the second half. So, like, you could at least be in range. You could at least, you know, close the gap a bit. They don't get, you know, Kyler doesn't even really throw it to anybody on the fourth down play because um, coverage was excellent. And by the way, um, everybody ran a short route. Like everybody got to run a short route on fourth three. Like everybody, <laughs> all we doing is protecting the sticks. It's fourth and three. What? Somebody can't run a ten yard route just to you know another another layer for the quarterback. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. 
<laughs> Fourth to three. Hey, y'all, everybody run a hook. <laughs> <laughs> so you choose to go for it. You don't get it. And then the other team with a busted kicker is like, let me stop. Let me let me just end the game. Let me just make this 54 yarder on one step. Let me shut it down. And look, the Cardinals ran into the locker room thinking like, yep, they cooking us. <laughs> we are getting cooked. <laughs> and it ain't like, it, it, it's not the kids saying, hey, I ain't going to lie, they had us in the first half. No, they have us in the first <laughs> half and they have us in the second. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, we about to get double cooked in the second <laughs> half. So, you know, I just think Chiefs fans should say that there's so many mysteries about week one and what your team is. But I think psychologically you can gain so much from a game like this versus you could lose, I think, more in a demoralizing, defeating loss in week one where you start to question all the things you've done to that point. All of this just sort of affirms and confirms how the Chiefs wanted the season to sort of play out. And again, 16 games still ahead of you. You know, obviously there's going to be ebbs and flows, but like this is exactly what they chose to do in the offseason. And at least for one game, everything was built to support the quarterback and the quarterback was supported in a way that I think kind of gets lost because the quarterback is so dang good at this. Uh, with that being said, with that being the punctuation on Chiefs Cardinals. We got to preview Chiefs Chargers in like a minute <laughs> because, <laughs> because we, we I mean, we, we couldn't have gotten to everything that was interesting from Chiefs Cardinals in, in three hours, I don't think. Uh, but there's another game happening on Thursday. I'll tell you now um, that we will we will either do a Friday show or we'll just circle back around next Monday. But we're not going to have a chance to squeeze in another episode um, before the Chargers game. So uh, how are you guys feeling on that front? Because we just spent the better part of an hour talking about the, the impressive nature. I don't I don't think we spent any time on anything negative from the Chiefs side on, on Sunday's game. Uh, but the Chargers are, are different. Uh, this this team is going to bring, I would say, a little more juice to the table. But but I don't uh, I don't know if I fully feel confident in, in what to what to predict or what to look for here. Seth, you go first. Nate just talks. So I think we're on. We're, he's hit the ball back to you. <laughs> um, it's obviously a game that I think a lot of people are going to be watching. You know, for one, because you know national television and whatnot. Well, a version of national television. Yeah, because Jeff Bezos will walk in. He will send an armed <laughs> robot into your house to make sure that you have it on your screen. It'll yeah. be the first ever game that's on every single he could in America. Do. Def- I yeah, think about def- that sometimes. Like, man, you have the money to just like, man. My if life he wanted just... to be Lex Luthor, he has the money yeah. and the he hair like, hey, for it. Hey, yeah. don't give him ideas. Hey. You don't have Superman out here right now. Not, I mean, come on. So um, he could be Batman too. You know, it's hard to say. So I. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think Jeff Bezos would be Batman. <laughs> So, um, the the interesting thing here, obviously, the the Chargers have a really good roster. Now they've got some injuries right now, which uh, Keenan Allen being out would be a really big deal. Um, and that I mean, they, he's just so good. Uh, he's such such a good receiver. They're going to want to be at full health. They gave the Chiefs some problems last year. Um, Herbert's a, a robot. Um, he he he's just he's so good. He's such a good quarterback. So. Uh, 
a lot of people are going to be watching this. Here's the, the the funny thing for the Chiefs, though. They are officially, I think, and I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure last year probably solidified this, or actually, you know, 2019, 2020, just what they've done over the last five years, four years. They've kind of solidified the fact that they can be a team that loses early in the season. And it's like, yeah, we'll see what happens when it counts. Like, they've kind of earned that. Right. You know, last year, the Bills whomped them and everyone was like, wow, it's the changing of the guard. And then the playoffs happened. Um, so the Chiefs, if they lose in week two, it'll be a bit of a bummer and it'll probably start some of the narratives, although they were so dominant in week one that people will be like, oh, OK, well, you know, good game. Chargers are a good team. The Chargers really kind of need this, though. Like mm. and they don't need yeah. it like in the like they desperately need it. You know, we're early in the Not season in the seating sense but didn't you did, i mean i think you guys were talking at the very beginning of the show about the the narrative that you know having a win like this or like nate mentioned like there, there is some power to what the chiefs did against the cardinals the, the chargers might need this narratively right you know because they they beat the raiders they beat a division rival in a tough game and that's great but i mean everything they've done they went all in this offseason because this is year three of herbert's rookie deal um he's going to get a, a i just don't see them trying to get him to play his fourth year because honestly, with how things have gone down with most elite quarterbacks, if they try, he should hold out. Yeah. And then the fans would say, no, that's not. No, I'm just saying he could because they have to. Um, and now fourth year, because of the way they build these contracts, fourth year will be still pretty cheap. But they're about to hit that. So they went all in this year for this year and next year. Right. And so you got to show something. This is kind of like when when the first time the Chiefs play the Raiders, the first time they play the Broncos. The, the AFC West went all in. And if they can't beat the Chiefs now, when they're just transitioning from Tyreek Hill, blah, 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 all the stuff from this offseason, when? So I'm curious. It's a really good litmus test. Good team on both sides of the ball with the Chargers. And if the Chiefs beat them, people are going to start talking. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Nate, what should we be looking for? Anything from pressers today that jumped out to you? Anything that... Uh, you feel confident predicting at this point? Um, the injuries are the biggest concern. Um, you know, the Chiefs don't know yet if, you know, Harrison Bucker is going to be available for Thursday's game. So that'll be something to monitor between now and Thursday. Um, you know, it's so difficult that, like, tri again, Trip McDuffie was playing very well. Um, and so he may not be available for Thursday's game, which could, you know, uh, be the first indication as to like hey uh how can maybe Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams perform in a secondary you know that's obviously <laughs> only getting younger um against some pretty talented receivers from the Chargers that are not named Keenan Allen who had his hamstring injury um in yesterday's game he also may not be available for Thursday night along with JC Jackson so you know I hate it that like this is a very critical game in the grand scheme of like who's going to win the division, probably out of one of these two teams. Um, so you would hope that these two games will be played under normal circumstances. That is not the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert is incredible. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, I just think it's going to be a very fascinating game. Um, and it's two sets point is probably more of a measuring stick for the chargers than the chiefs. Um, but I think the Chiefs want to, you know, sort of just certify what they did on Sunday. Um, and I think that's what's been the message today is like, hey, 
we did exactly what we wanted to do against the Cardinals. Now let's go out and and do it against a divisional opponent that is a much better competition, but also um, a team you may see three times this season. And I truly believe that. I think there, I think there's a good chance that these two teams can see each other in January. Um, so if you win this game, that helps. Can you know that helps your side maybe have a chance to host that third matchup if the two teams meet in the playoffs. I will say that I am uh, leaning in favor of the Chiefs being able to pull this off, partially because the Chargers were not terribly impressive uh, against the Raiders altogether. Um, at, so I, you know, you can you can look at both of these teams' games and try to extrapolate what you will. But the two teams they're about to play now in each other uh, are so very different, and that's one thing we uh, we talked about on the radio show today at one point that is. That, Saying, hey, here's what the Chiefs did against the, the Cardinals is not the same thing as saying they will do this against the Chargers. And in fact, I, I do not expect uh, a 44 to 21 or 37 to 7 at any point or any of that. I am really fascinated to see if a more disruptive Chargers defense can actually make this offense just like double clutch or maybe altogether implode or have a have a real key turnover from Patrick Mahomes. Um, I just... I had pretty good vibes on this whole group coming into week one. Didn't do anything to lose those. I respect the Chargers, but I'm not, like, mortified of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of feeling that, like, 34 to 30, sort of 30 to 27 kind of range, but but not in the sense that uh, ends up with the, uh, the the final score being closer than it actually is, in the sense that if, a, if a, an oblong ball bounces a different direction one time that the other team could win because that's what this sport can be whenever you're not thwomping the Cardinals. So um, I, I, I lean Chiefs here, but with uh, with some trepidation on the uh, prediction and some incredible excitement for the actual game itself. Where are you guys at? Yeah. Um, Seth had to go, unfortunately, but we all oh, assumed. Oh, okay. I missed that. Why? Well, I, I wonder why he didn't hop in there and you knew better than I did. Yeah. So he, we assumed. Did he uh, text us? He must he did. We assume. Um, say, why don't hold on? I listen. Hold on, everybody. Seth's hey, gone. So Nate, you and I can. I know. Hey, hey, Jazz. They, hey, Jazz. Love you, Jazz. That's like cool, man. Like that's fine. But just why is he bat? Why does he always do the Batman thing? Like just be like, oh, gotta go. Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs, ninety six, Chargers uh, seven. <laughs> um, we. I. I assume that he will. That he will predict the Chiefs to win the game. Um, I think this has the capabilities to be a shootout. Um, because Justin Herbert is that talented. And by the way, the Chargers have a better offensive line than the, than the Cardinals. So we should all really consider that. Um, I don't know, guys. It's really early. It's Monday. So this can it's really early. It's volatile. It can change. Um, by the way, Patrick Mahomes said his left wrist is fine. He will go on Thursday. So that's the, the big headline news there. Crazy that we made it an hour in without mentioning that. Ah, he's fine. Um, he's, he's, fine. No he's he said he's he played. handing off with his right hand exclusively for a little while, but he's fine now. Yeah, he said he said he's played through worse, and I am totally aware of that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I could see him being Chiefs 31, Chargers 27, you know, something something pretty close. Um, but I won't be surprised if the Chargers win. I just think I think they're the best competition for the division. Um, and then we'll all see what Russell Wilson does tonight. Cause because mm. if they lose to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, look, I am not concerned about Aaron Rodgers losing week one. We done seen this already. I mean, 
you're going to go back to your home, A, you, you, I guess you must look this nice, and B, you you know you got to play. You know you got a ball. Um, It's great theater, my friend. We're going to watch Russell Wilson. And by the time you listen to this, obviously, you will know the results of the game. But we're going to watch Russell back in Seattle. The NFL, man. Mm, 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 mm. So, if the Broncos are 0-1, it's kind of dicey from there, dog. Yeah, yeah. The, the this this division is just going to take some fascinating shapes over the first like three or four games. Yeah, like, we could legit be four games into the season and have at least one AFC West team totally eliminated from contention. I mean, not even a question. And that is absolutely bonkers. And by somebody, I mean the Raiders. Wow! Wow! He's, he's putting his mark out there. Well, hey, at least no, I, I kind of like. I don't hate the Raiders with what they've done. I just. Uh, they're they're the one that's down 0-1 right now, and if right. they if I don't and also I don't know who the next three games are against. I just know that uh, if they're uh, 0-4 or even a nice little one three at the end, it might be too late. This ain't the AFC South, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, it ain't. <laughs> so yeah, we could have we could have three teams uh, by the end of the night as we re- are recording this one and zero, and that that sets us off for a uh, for a great race. But the first, you know, as I wrote in the Athletic, the first major showdown is is Thursday, and it's better to have that game at home than on the road. So the Chiefs should be favored. It's one of the reasons why they are favored, and um, yeah, this will this will be a really really good early test. For both teams, because I just I just have a feel um, that these teams are going to see each other in January. Mm, I would I would sign up for that right now if I could take it. Uh, so if you want to read more, go read uh, Seth's film review up on the Chief of the North newsletter. The defense one's up right now as we speak. The Mahomes film review should be up shortly, I'd imagine. That's mnchiefsfan.substack.com. And then Nate has his uh, his Patrick Mahomes story uh, to uh, to put too fine a point on it, I suppose. But uh, the the post game story there is is excellent. If you would like to relive the ludicrousness that was uh, Patrick Mahomes' five touchdown performance, that is uh, of course on theAthletic.com. Um, one more thing from me, Nate, and then I'll let you get the outro on and get us out of here. Also at by Nate Taylor at Real MN Chiefs Fan and at JB Briscoe on uh, on Twitter and across socials. Uh, just one quick thing here, one quick note. I was just doing some math earlier. Um, it's only I'm only even mentioning this because you you know you reference that Monday Night Football's coming around. Um, obviously, new look in the booth there. And I just did want to say that Patrick Mahomes now has 94.5% of Troy Aikman's career regular season touchdowns and 38.8% of the games. So why don't you go ahead and uh, wrap this up for us, Nate? I'm going to go into hiding. <laughs> um, hey, Troy. Good, to, good. <laughs> Hope you're listening. Thanks for coming along. Um, hey, it's, you know, uh, one of the best feelings is, you know, I peruse a lot of the uh, national podcast devoted to the NFL shout out to the people at the ringer uh, shout out to the folks at Yahoo Sports um, the athletic football show is tremendous oh I mean unquestioned I mean I, I love Nate. almost didn't have to mention it I know you didn't have to mention it yeah I was I decided to because I've really yeah. I've really dipped in this year it's been great yeah I mean Robert's one of my best friends in the industry uh I I had genuinely fun times with Nate Tice at the combine where I told him dog you would be taken in the first round with this draft class and he was like <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> so so like so yes of course I love those guys but like I like you know especially early in the season where you're just seeing like how people are are processing and digesting what they've seen in this first you know sampling of the season and it it gives me great joy 
that on some, you know, shows, they're like, I mean, he's passing the ball to Jody Fortson. Who is that? <sighs> soon, soon you all will realize, children, that Jody Fortson is uh is the most secret weapon of the Chiefs offense. And of course, I mean, look, every time this man does something, I expect our following to rejoice with us. And so it was I'm no longer surprised anymore. And like you mentioned, Josh, he he lines up near the goal line. We all know where the ball's going. So I'm saying it to my colleagues right now. Some of y'all need to step up the prep work. I mean, look at the guy's (laughs) resume. Okay, look at his resume. All he does is catch touchdown passes from the most talented quarterback in the league. Okay, his name is Jody Fortson. Come on now, guys. He might have eight touchdowns this year. Not a joke. So, you know, just get comfortable with it. Cause um it brings me it brings me it brings me great joy that, you know, people are like, how do we get to know this man? Well, I'm sure everybody will know where to point them towards. <laughs> <laughs>